Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Ask Distract. This is the show where we squeeze the knowledge from the distract member of the team. And today I'm with no one other than Tom Jacobs. Tom is the head of advertising here at Distract and is really involved with making sure the ad department keeps on twirling around. So um, today I'm going to jump into lots of different questions within the advertising world. I'm going to hear what Tom has to say. Okay, Tom, so one thing I'm hearing more and more uh, when I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, is this thing called TikTok. Now, I've downloaded it, I've played around with it, I've seen there's massive growth in that uh, in that app. Um, and I've also heard they've, they've obviously recently got bought out. Though. For everyone listening at home, TikTok was previously called Musical.ly. It was kind of the edgy app for young millennials um, to kind of have cool videos of their kids, uh, cool videos of, of them doing stupid things. Um, and now it's quite big. And we're seeing brands like Red Bull get really involved with the platform uh, and it's going from strength to strength. So Tom, what's your opinion on TikTok? What really intrigues me about TikTok is the fact that up until relatively recently, it has basically been an ad-free platform. But now what we're seeing, as we saw with Instagram back in 2013, is a slight migration into the ad space for TikTok. So most recently, you would have seen the sponsored hashtag plus challenges. Um, what we've, what this basically um, is, is, is it's like sponsored hashtags whereby brands can put money behind their hashtags. It boosts the reach of those hashtags. And then behind that, they then can sponsor products, product sales through brand pages within the app. So most recently we saw this with Kroger, which is basically an appliance um, appliance shop, if you like. And what they did is they created a transform your dorm sponsored hashtag. And then on the back of that, um, sponsored products like toasters, popcorn machines, targeted at people that were naturally living in college, you know, that were transforming their dorm. And that's what excites me about TikTok, that up until now it's kind of been cool content, but it's been peer to peer and that's kind of it. We're now seeing brands jumping in and seeing that, okay, we also have cool content and also how about you'd like to buy this product that features in our cool content. The thing I love yeah. about TikTok actually the most, in my opinion, is that if you go to any other social platform, you'll see they're very closed off with their content. So you'll go to Instagram and it's hard for you to share an Instagram post to any other platform other than Facebook, really. Um, Same with pretty much every single other platform. With TikTok, you can find a cool piece of content, press the share button, Mm -hmm. and it instantly allows you to put that content anywhere you want. And all it will have is a watermark saying TikTok and the username. And I think the reason TikTok has grown so rapidly and so fast and is now one of the big king uh, players, I would say, in the up and coming uh, social ad space, is that it allows users to pass this message on really easily. Yeah. And when you're looking at an uh, acquisition rate of growth for new users, having someone be able to do a TikTok or see a TikTok they like and then instantly put it on their Snapchat story, their Instagram yeah. story, their Facebook page, whatever it may be, is just having that rapid growth. Well, exactly. And if you look at where you know the, the Gen Z audience that TikTok thrive from, if you look at where their audience currently is, it's Instagram, it's Snapchat, it makes total sense for them to be able to utilize those platforms to take usership and bring it over to their platform. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not rocket science, but it really is effective to do that. I agree. So yeah. um, how, has there been any reports on how well kind of the, uh, the advertising has gone with TikTok, if we're seeing any ad spend moving across from like Facebook or something? Sure. So we're seeing a very gradual um, 
a very gradual move of spend. I think that what is interesting to see is the markets in which this is doing. So we saw, you know, things with like Transform Your Dorm, which is obviously going to be targeted at Gen Z. Uh, we're also seeing brands uh, in health and beauty trying to get into the under 24s as well, um, which I think is interesting. So what um, I think is key to stress is that as much as we are going to see a little bit of advertising spend move here and there, is it's not going to be across the board, mm. across all markets. I think that what is um, particularly key with this is it is a Gen Z audience. So we're going to be seeing brand spend of those particular target marketing um, campaigns move across. I think yeah. the thing that I find really interesting is we often talk uh, here at Distract about um, the innovative marketing fund and having a bit of your budget going to areas where you don't really understand. You know, yeah. you don't know if it's going to work or not yeah. work, but it's worth the punt. Mm-hmm. And I think TikTok falls into that space, which is, look, we know Facebook's going to do its thing. We know Google's going to do its thing. Mm-hmm. Instagram's going to do its thing, YouTube, etc. The one thing we don't really know the return on investment capabilities yeah. yet is TikTok. Yeah. And if you're a brand out there that has a this Gen Z audience and you're looking to communicate with them and you've tried the Snapchat channels, the Instagram channels, I think it is worth taking you know, five, ten yeah. percent of your budget and just throwing it into TikTok and seeing what what happens when you do that. Absolutely right. And what we always see we've with these platforms that newly introduce advertising capabilities is that the reach is always cheaper at first. Mm. So you know you'd be right to think that that might be the case on TikTok as well. You know we saw it with Instagram when they first into, introduced advertising. That advertising was cheap. The same happened with Facebook. The same happened with Snapchat. And then these things gradually get more expensive as time goes on. You know. That is very likely to be the case with TikTok as well. So, you know, in terms of the innovative marketing budget, you're probably most likely to get further now Mm. than you will do in time anyway. You know, we often talk about jumping on these things when we're new, when we're new, not just advertising platforms, but things within advertising platforms. When Facebook releases a new feature, we always encourage people to jump on it first. I think the same applies with TikTok here. I think that's it. We'll we'll see some big brands move across now and and get involved. But the thing I'm always interested on is, when the the smaller brands get involved you know when the the family business gets involved if they got involved now it would probably have huge upside they'd be known nationally uh, and internationally i think it's i think it's a really important place i I advise anyone listening to this podcast to just download tiktok i mean i've done it i mean for me it's funny content it's good to see i don't actively use it but with these new platforms always get involved always download it get an account start seeing what's happening out there because you know if you are a marketeer, you have to be knowing what's happening in the space. You have to be understanding what's coming through because the content that's working on TikTok may actually also work on Instagram. You have to get some tips and lessons and you'll start understanding about what content is doing really well in its space. So even if you haven't got a Gen Z audience, I still would recommend going across there and just seeing what moves are being made in that space and seeing what, what lessons you can learn. It's always worthwhile doing. Mm. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, PR versus direct social. And... Mm. Um, the thing I like about Ask Distract as a, as a podcast and a, um, a theory, I suppose, is that you'll have Mike and Andy in here from the PR department and they'll say PR is the way forward. You'll have you know, yourself or anyone from the ad team saying that social ads and ads are the way forward and you'll have the web team coming in and saying that they think web's the way forward. So sure, yeah. it's, it's really good to kind of get these different opinions and I think everyone listening at home gets the vibe of, you know, they can listen to everyone saying this is the best, but yeah, they can sure. take their own knowledge away from it. So one thing that I remember before we launched the, launched the PR team about uh, six, seven, eight months ago now mm. was that I always used to think, what's the point of having a PR department that speaks to an editor that then gets you in front of an audience when you simply could create the advert that gets you in front of the right people in the first place. Sure, yeah. It kind of like, I, I remember us having a conversation at the time. We were like, well, we can just go straight to them. Yeah, because on Instagram we? ads yeah. for people that the editor, or you have to go through the editor yeah. to get hold of. Yeah. Um, but since kind of having the PR team and seeing what they do on a much deeper level, I've kind of changed my opinion on it mm. at, uh, completely. And I think what the guys do there is incredible. But I want to know your opinion on it. 
you know, yeah. PR versus direct social ads. What's your thoughts? Um, I mean, what I would say, you because know, you, you picked up on a point earlier on saying, you know, social people will always buy social ads, PR people will always buy PR. I feel quite balanced in the sense that I genuinely think that these things do work, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that these things genuinely do work best together. Um, so I'll say that first. Um, why I like PR ahead of social ads in one aspect is I like the third party endorsement to it. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that um, it's almost like social proofing to a degree, yep. but from kind of a higher body, whereby if you know a publisher is saying this, then it kind of gives it a little bit more credibility than us saying something about ourselves. Yep. I think that that's the fundamental benefit of it. Now, does it mean that that's necessarily leaner? I wouldn't necessarily so. I mean, w- some of the challenges that uh, that come with PR is, okay, one editor doesn't like it. Okay, another editor wants you to say something different, which isn't really what you wanted to say. With social ads, within reason, we can kind of say whatever we want to say. Mm. We can say it in the way that we want to say it. If we want our creative to say a certain thing, if we want our copy to say a certain thing, we've kind of got ultimate flexibility in what we want to do there, which means that we're not tied within these restraints that sometimes PR is. So what I would say is that I think that both have very key benefits and both probably are most effective when used in line with each other yeah um, and that's part of what we do often here at distract is that we'll have a PR push and we'll have a social push across the same account um, but what is key to remember is that you're gonna have ultimate flexibility on the message on the creative that you're putting out when you are using something that is direct to a target audience rather than going through uh, like a media channel like PR yeah, I think it's, you made a really interesting point there, which is, you know, these things can work directly uh, in collaboration. Yeah. I mean, if you think from a PR perspective, you know, you, let's say you got into the Times um, and it's an article about you know, something kind of cool you've done. There's nothing stopping you of then getting that media yeah. and then running social ads behind it. Yeah. Um, because having the Times, Guardian, whoever it may be, is endorsing you is correct and then all you have to do is show that endorsement to other people this is exactly right you know and this is uh, something that we actively do for a lot of our clients where they do get this great coverage that's generated by the pr team we'll then create social ads using that content because you're exactly right it's like a third party endorsement and the great thing that you can do as well is that you know you can build audiences of people which is interacting with that particular content that's clicking links in those ads well the theory is is that if someone's clicking a link to an article about you and let's say the sunday times well they're at least a little bit interested about you so these those people go into a remarketing audience that might directly push your service mm. from you that time yeah that that's the way that i, w- I would use them i completely agree i think mm. i think that's an amazing point I mean, you know, we all often talk about channels and how good one channel is and yeah. how bad another one is the reality is that everything works better when it's together when you have an integrated strategy remember when we first started distract we were only social and then we brought in other departments and the returns you get now when you bring everything together and the key thing is have one have one measure of success but multiple channels correct yeah. and so you know your your measure of success could be analytics it could be whatever it may be you know you have your one measure of success but then you've got multiple things feeding into it i think that what you have as well is that we have to look at purchase decisions as a journey you know purchase decisions have always been a journey from when first, someone first decides that they want something then going through the stages of which one that they want and then all the way through to a buying process mm. if you think about it is that all of these different media channels that we use kind of encompass that buying that buying channel so discovery might be social ads it might be pr and then nurture through social ads and then conversion maybe at the other end in google search mm. do you know what i mean like like what we have now in our integrated setup is we kind of have a entirely integrated buyer journey yeah you know. and it, and it's incredible when you have one person looking at analyzing results like a yeah. strategy manager and then you can see 
actually the Google ads uh, aren't picking up the return. We need to put more money into social or more into PR. And having that flexible budget is really important. It's something that I've only really kind of understood, I'd say, the last year is that yeah. having a budget that is sliding and scaling, uh, depending on results, is a huge difference. Yeah, always like making sure that you have a fluid budget yeah. with your advertising, I think, is so key because I've been in situations before where people have said, no, that is the social budget, that is the search budget. But being able to look at analytics and say, well, actually, you know, we need more people on the top of funnel, or actually, you know, well, we're getting outbidded. Uh, in the SERPs here so I need more budget here you know like things mm. like that being able to make fluid changes like that is so important one of the things I didn't brief you on before this and I want to touch on is sure. Twitter ads sure um, what's your opinion? Twitter has a notoriously difficult to navigate, difficult to provide a return from advertising platform but I think that that comes from Twitter as a platform itself mm. The fact is, is that because Twitter is so noise heavy, it's uh, it, it's an avalanche of content. You only have to refresh your feed and you've got a whole new set of content. And because that content is not in short supply, people are quite fickle with that content. Mm. There's so much of it, which means it's difficult for people to really take in the messages that have been provided to them at any great detail. Now, for me, I don't want to put an advert in a feed where someone's not really paying Love that it. much attention to mm. it. Uh, and I think that Twitter, that is the fundamental problem that they face is that their platform is so awash with noise that it's not really attractive to advertisers because it's basically like, hmm, do I want to put my bucket of water into that ocean that, and hope uh, that, that they you pick know it out? That's yeah. probably the best, ex yeah. the best reason yeah. I've yeah. ever heard when someone's described Twitter advertising. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like micro. So yeah. we, we take micro content from this, and that's <laughs> literally micro content right there. The, the, and the reason I say that is because yeah. it rolls perfectly into your explanation of TikTok previously, right? You've just said that no one cares really what people are posting on Twitter because there's so much of it. Therefore, why do I put my advert in a stream of people that no one cares about? Sure. Whereas TikTok, at the moment, the engagement is so, so high, yeah. you put content in there, it's engaged with perfectly. Absolutely right. That's the problem Facebook have a little bit at the moment is that. They've started taking away their friends' posts. You see more page posts. Therefore, people are caring less about their feed. Therefore, the ads aren't getting conversion rates like they used to. However, yeah. Instagram, people don't care about their feed more. Therefore, the so I think what you yeah. just described there is the fundamental, overarching benefit to advertising. What everyone should think about when someone is engaging with that content organically, yeah. how are they acting? If they care about every piece of content, they will care about your advert. But if they don't care about every piece of content, yeah. they'll be very selective whether they care about your advert or not. Well, this is why we see great success from Instagram stories, mm. you know, is because the people, you know, we saw the migration from the feed into the story. You know, people would tend to use stories first when they open up Instagram now and they'll go through those stories. The fact that we see good success from stories is because people are genuinely engaging with the content that they see in those stories. They care about what it is that they're seeing in those stories, which means that if we put an ad in there, then we're more likely to get an uptake. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, yeah. And that I think yeah. if you're a marketer or business owner at home, you've got a marketing budget, think yeah. like that. Yeah. Would Do I care or will my user care about the content with no ads there? Mm -hmm. If they do, put an ad there. If they don't, yeah. why would you put an advert there? And that's the Correct. simple, easy way of deciding where to put your marketing budget. And that's the same with everything. I mean, just think about it that way. That's a real great, great tip from Tom there. Um, I never, ever, ever want to make these things political. I've always sure. said that I'll never, ever make a podcast political. I always advise never to talk about anything political in, this, in the world of business. However, uh -huh. I think this is worth talking about. Sure. Uh, and I'm going to do it from two angles. The first thing I want to talk about is the hack, which is the Netflix... Yeah. Um, was it a video documentary? Yeah, yeah, it's, that, it, yeah, it's, it? yeah it's the Netflix documentary. Yeah, the Netflix yeah. documentary yeah. about how 
Was it about? What was it actually about? I can't remember. I got so, bored after. Yeah. Through, so, so, did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I watched it and loved it. This is like so my thing. I watched about an hour and a half. <laughs> I thought I've literally gone about forty-five minutes here. Oh, really? I, I just don't, yeah. can't handle it. Oh, literally. Yeah. I, I I loved the hack. I thought it was great. It's like so my thing. Bit of a nerd. But um, also, before we go into that, I also wanted to roll in yeah. the conservatives' ad campaign at the moment. Yes. So I think both of them play quite well. So yeah. for the headlines for everyone listening to this, um, we've got. The Tory ad campaign is reported in the first week of Boris Johnson being Prime Minister. They spent £13,800, I believe it says here, in the first week on 1,609 different variations of adverts. Yep. Um, on the sat- first Saturday alone, they spent £4,003 th- 4, on 612 variations of adverts, right? What they're doing there is mass, 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 mass testing, tweaking, and variations of ad creative over and over again until they can find the perfect one. Now, the reason I raised that, and then I asked you about the hack, is because I would debatably say those things are very, very closely linked. I think that they are very linked. So, Tom, discuss the hack and the Tory ad campaign. A little bit of a background to the hack. So, the idea behind this Netflix documentary is investigating the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which saw uh, both the Brexit campaign and the Trump campaign use Cambridge Analytica's data, which was kind of, we'll call it immorally, borderline illegal, sourced by scraping people's Facebook profiles basically the way this worked is that you know you get these games these like apps on Facebook and they have these long terms and conditions basically what they did is they in the terms and conditions said not only can we access all of your profile data but we can also access all of the data of everyone on your friends list which meant in America they only needed around 200,000 touch points to be able to basically get 5,000 data touch points on every single American voter in the USA yeah it's uh, it's I I watched this and I thought that is incredible yeah absolutely as a marketeer I thought why did I not think yeah. of that? Yeah, literally mad. <laughs> I mean, it's literally it was just mad. incredible. Yeah. You're running, so, you know, just to go a bit deeper on that, mm-hmm. essentially what it was, is you know those stupid games where it's like, you know, um, what Hogwarts, who, who would you be in Harry Potter, yeah, right? Yeah. Those, and everyone was like, well, who's making these? Yeah. It was these guys. Yeah, it was these guys <laughs> who made these things. <laughs> because they were getting personality traits, yeah, weren't they? Like, exactly. you know, what do you like? What don't you like? Yeah. How do you feel about this? And while doing that, they're building a profile about who you are as an individual. Yeah. And then they're reaching into your friends and doing the same thing. It was absolutely genius. Yeah, yeah. So basically what they've done is they've scraped 5,000 data points on each American voter. Now what they did with that is they turned them into basically scales of different metrics, i.e. how trusting are they? How open to change are they? Uh, And basically on the back of that, they decided which ones were they could swing from Democrat to Republican and basically sent those targeted ads um like kind of slandering hillary the whole locker up mm. thing um uh, sent them ads like that basically forcing them towards the republican vote um similarly in the brexit campaign they again you know use all of these data points to be able to put in in the, in the uk be able to identify just a small people a small amount of people in the middle just a couple of percent that they thought they could basically swing from remain into leave if you like and that was exactly what they did um where this directly leads into 
um, leads into the Johnson campaign is that we saw a very big reliance on Facebook ads in the Trump campaign. Um, you know, Trump's campaign, you could argue, was borderline won by their use of Facebook ads and being able to communicate to people in a way which typically elections haven't been fought before. Mm. And I think that those learnings and the fact that that has proved to be very effective, I think the conservatives have definitely seen that. The marketing team and the conservatives have ve- definitely seen that and thought, right. You know, that looks very effective. Now, speculation is awry about whether there's going to be election anytime soon, but we know there will be at some point. Yeah. So it makes sense for that research to begin sooner rather than later. And I think that that's exactly what we're seeing straight off the bat. Which color of blue works? Oh, it's masses, isn't it? Which color of red works? Should we use this word? Should we use that word? Should we use this photo of Boris Johnson with a policeman or that photo? Yeah. All of these split tests at scale is essentially readying so that they got the perfect formula for when an election does come about they know exactly what messages what images what colors they need to use to be most effective using facebook ads and they literally can press on yeah correct and it works yeah because let's say that uh, you know some sort of snap three-week election gets called well you know the the marketing team are going to say well sorry we don't have time we have no data on this yeah to be able to run you know 1609 variants of this ad you know but if they're doing it now, then they already know the formula that's going to work by the time that some sort of election comes about. I think it's very, very good planning. I think it's, you know, we've seen how effective this channel is in swinging elections. Um, you know, before we saw that elections used to be fought in TV debates mm. and we fought in um, you know, party political broadcasts. I now personally believe that elections are going to be fought in the Facebook feed and it's going to be whichever party can use that most effectively that I genuinely think... Um, will be most effective in an election. I think, you know, what's yeah. what's the URL people can go to to see all the ads that are running? Yeah, sure. So it's under Facebook's, um, like, privacy preferences. People can go to that on basically any page, um, any, any, any brand page, and they can go in there and you'll be able to see all the ads that are running. It just sits on, like, the right column Yeah. Uh, so, so brand's pages. You can scroll down, you can see that on desktop, go through it. Yeah, so that, that's really important. So yeah. anyone listening to this, go, go to what Tom just said there and, and find... The ads the conservatives are running, there's literally loads. I mean, yeah. you'll see that there's like seven ads that look exactly the same. Yeah. And then you look a bit closer and it's actually the red's about 1% darker. Yeah. And the the white is more of a cream than a white. It's yeah. like, the, honestly, the most ridiculously subtle changes. And that's what it takes at scale to make it work. And I remember they discussed on The Hack about uh, a campaign. So before they did the Brexit campaign, the Donald Trump campaign, etc., they actually tested this, didn't they, in other elections across the, U- across the world? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And, that, and I don't remember this. You'll be better than this. Sure. It was a campaign where, was it Indian voters versus? Yeah, so this was in, I believe it was Trinidad and Tobago. So mm. there's typically kind of two um, pools of people in this country. You've kind of got the Indians uh, and then you've got... Um, like like i guess like the africans i guess yeah. I, I, you know, I, I guess it was that's two it forms of it's two forms of people yeah. and there seemed to be a lot of um uh, you know a lot of angst against these two but parties the thing the key thing other. to remember on this yeah. campaign was that i can't remember the different two different um yeah. two different groups but yeah. one group would only vote for one political yeah. leader the other group would only vote for the other political leader so you could never get a swing it was always yes. about turnout wasn't it it was, it was always about whoever turnout, turned yeah. out the most would win that yeah and the campaign that the you know Cambridge Analytica ran was actually rather than getting people to swing across it was how to get people not to vote correct yeah it was the don't vote it thing. was a don't vote yeah. campaign and it was 
absolute yeah. genius. And I can't remember which side it was, but basically the campaign for one side wasn't come out and vote. It was a campaign against the other people, yeah. getting them not to vote. Yeah. And they dominated it because the other the other voters didn't turn out. Yeah incredible it's mad and this is going on all over the world um, in one form or another it, the documentary showed you all of the different countries which cambridge analytica were working or have worked on elections in and it's you know tens of countries across the world where this is at play now and you know cambridge Ant- analytica was shut down weren't they but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the use of data on social media on digital media isn't going to stay very much at the forefront mm. of, uh, of fighting elections. Um, I think that what we'll probably see is that it's just maybe policed a little bit better. We saw that Facebook kind of cracked down on this a little bit and said, you know, that was really bad of us that we kind of like left ourselves open to that. But I, but I think <laughs> the, the key thing to do is that, you know, it was it unethical that if I went and filled a form in that they'd get your data, mm. I think that's unethical. That isn't great, right? Sure. But I think that what, the conservative government's doing now isn't unethical at all. Yeah. Oh, no, they are, that's, from what we fine. know, they're just getting so much data. So yeah. they'll be the data power. They have all... So when it comes to Labour, Lib Dems, whoever else they're fighting against, they're sitting there with yeah. 12 ads running, you know? Yeah. Conservatives sitting there with 1,600 ads running. Yeah. Who has the most data? And yeah. in a world of marketing, especially digital world of marketing, the most important thing right now in 2019 is who has the most data. Absolutely right. And all the conservatives are doing right now is they all know when elections come in. They'll be planned. It'll be very under under the radar, but they all know the date they want to call a general election. And the fact they're running 1,609 variations of ads right now, and they spent £13,000 in the first week of Boris Johnson, mm. um, the Boris Johnson Premiership, for me, that screams it's soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I, say, I'd agree with that. I would say it's... October, November-ish. That, that's intense. Yeah, that's, that's intense. intense. That's ready to rock yeah. and roll. One point that I will just uh, make that, pick, that you picked up on there is sort of saying, you know, I, I played a game on Facebook and therefore they got your data. Mm. Um, and I think that definitely the majority of people, when they kind of hear about Facebook data leak, Facebook data scraping, you know, there's very it much... It sounds worse than it actually yeah, was. Yeah, it, does, it does sound yeah. worse than it was. And also it sounds like, oh my gosh, they've got my data. Oh, what? This is terrible. But I kind of like have a bit of an attitude towards this. Is I'm kind of like, you're on Facebook. You've paid nothing to be on Facebook. Mm. You are the product, mm. right? And the thing is, is like people aren't so happy to moan about how terrible Facebook is when they sit, you know, spending four hours a day scrolling through their no- news feed, right? For free. Yeah, for free, mm. right? But as soon as something happens whereby, you know, someone's used their data for something or someone's sending them a targeted ad or then something comes out that says that, you know, their data was scraped, I kind of have a, well, what did you, ex- what did you expect attitude to it? <laughs> I'm kind of like, you're on Facebook, you live your life through Facebook, you communicate to your entire network through facebook what did you kind of expect Mm. you know it's obvious that these people are going to have data points on you and as soon as they get used to influence you you're unhappy about it you can't have it both ways yeah do you know what Mm. i mean Um, i completely agree so at this point we're 27 minutes in give or take uh, Uh, do you have anything else to say to people at home um Just that if you really are scared of you know people like Cambridge Analytica using your data to influence your decisions, um, or be it immoral, um, you know then the best place for you to be is not on social media not because online. not online. Unplug because, your internet. Connection. Yeah, because the fact is is the use of data through these social channels is only going to intensify. 
um, people are going to get cleverer with it. Um, you know, elections, as we spoke about, are going to be fought in the Facebook feed um, rather than party political broadcasts. Um, so, you know, you know, if if you're scared of that, then then run away from from Facebook as soon as you can because that's where it's going. The thing to yeah. mention just before we wrap up is yeah. this won't stop. Yeah. Right. So at the moment, it's happening through Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. In ten years' time, mm-hmm. when the TikTok generation gets to a voting age, it will happen there. Yeah. This isn't going to change. This is how it's always going to work. And there'll be a new platform for the next gen, whatever it is. And they'll be grown up through the platform and then they'll get to voting age and the same thing will happen there as well. This isn't a a Facebook. This is all about data. And it it used to, like you say, happen on TV and debates and stuff. And now it's happening online. And then if we have a sudden such world that's going to happen in the future, it'll happen there as well. It will always happen. And on that note, thank you very, very much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you have any questions you want answered on the show, please message on Instagram at distracthq and we'll speak to you next week.